your regular schedule of Time Warp Radio to present a specially broadcasted bonus episode. We are beyond, beyond excited to be discussing our most recent movie minutes with John from Hedwig Inch by Angry Inch. Oh my gosh, hi. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. This seems like an obvious... Uh, choice for me like I was going to cover this at some point but not in any detail so I'm actually happy to uh, talk about this movie and connections and things uh, yes oh my gosh because well you also are a co-host on the bat minute yeah yeah um which is that's our our main show because that's three mm-hmm. days a week when we're on Ooh. as of recording we are uh, between seasons we finished season three because uh, we've so we've been doing it for about three and a three years, three and a half years. Mm. Uh, so then That's we're going to be doing Batman and Robin. Yes, it's a hell of an undertaking. It's stupid. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do Hedwig minute by minute because I thought it would be a bit strange to uh, break up the songs like that. Yeah, sure. yeah, I I completely understand and appreciate that because. Yeah, it gives you the opportunity to analyze the entire yeah. work because they are they could be totally independent from the movie, you know, and Definitely, yeah. tell their own story, their own yeah. little vignette. How many minutes do you end up breaking Hedwig into? Hedwig, I'm doing it basically. Um, I have the Blu-ray now because they brought out an anniversary Blu-ray. Yes. Which kind of pushed me into doing it. So what I'm doing is I'm basically doing an episode on each chapter on the blue. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, but I, I've only got one left to record. And then I'm <gasps> So I don't want to end it. I love talking Hedvig. I love getting you know all kinds of guests on. Um, so I'm going to find a way to keep it going for a while. I'm going to maybe talk about the deleted scenes. And, Ooh. Uh, the stage talk shows. about... Other films connected to John Cameron Mitchell? Yes. Oh my gosh. I haven't seen How to Talk to Girls at Parties. Oh, we reviewed that on the Patreon show. I Oh yeah, I saw because you also reviewed the Riverdale. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Um, <laughs> I wasn't as down on it as, uh, as my partner, my co-host. Um, oh no. It was okay, but it kind of missed the point. <laughs> it was like, yeah, let's just exactly. put Hedwig in because we like it. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it felt like. Because I had just introduced Haley to the Heathers um, musical. <gasps> we were listening to that soundtrack. And then I brought up the uh, Riverdale Heathers mm-hmm. episode, which is also... Uh, uh. Oh, no, did they do that? <laughs> they did that yes. this season before they did Hedwig. Oh. See, I've only seen the first two seasons of Riverdale, and I love it because yes. it's crap. Right. <laughs> and it then season three, they try to take themselves too seriously, so it just gets kind of worse from then. Oh no! Don't ruin it for me. Ah. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I still watch it chronically, so it's it's okay. I thought it was so ridiculous because both musicals are um, 
not suitable for high schoolers to be performing. So it was just True. like, why are why are these kids singing about having a sex change operation, like a botched sex change? This is yeah. so to consider that that's the whole musical and it gets watered down. It, you totally lose the emotional core of yeah. Yeah. Hedwig. Most of the songs make no sense in the context that they're using them as well. Like they're yes. trying to fit it to Riverdale and 99% of them don't fit Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> they just ha- I remember watching it cuz I kind of watched it with one eye shut, but I remember um, <laughs> they did Midnight Radio as like a ballad at the end and I was just like Archie and the whole band, the Archies, just singing Midnight Radio. Oh, yeah, and they changed like, the words, whereas instead of, like, here's to Patty and Tina, it's like, here's to Archie. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, it was Betty. sacrilege. <laughs> so cringy to me. Oh. It's, I kind of loved how bad it was. <laughs> it was fun. And you say it's not suitable, and I agree, but the first time I saw Rocky Horror was uh-huh. my school's production of it. <gasps> oh, mm. my gosh. So in my mind, Frankenfurter did not look like this. He looked <laughs> like the, the captain of the rugby team. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But that's so interesting because was he like a total babe? babe? And like, was that so strange for him to be doing yes. drag? And yeah, oh, my gosh. Very I can't him. believe you did it at your school. It was a weird place. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it was strange. I, I, I acknowledge it was strange, but it, it helped introduce me to Rocky Horror. I'd never seen it before. I must have been, let me work out my age, 17, I think. Yeah, I was 17. Uh-huh. And they did it, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, I wasn't expecting yeah. to enjoy this. When they said, oh, you have to go to the theater and watch a play, I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I just want to play video games in my room. Had you been exposed to Rocky Horror or Hedwig first? Uh, be Rocky Horror first. Um, oh, okay. Actually, it's around... No, hang on. No, 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 no. It's around the same time. So now I'm... Ooh. It's it's the same year. Uh, so I'm <gasps> oh, struggling okay. to know which one I saw first. Possibly Rocky Horror <laughs> a couple of months before Hedwig. Oh, okay. But wow, that's like... Well, okay, so Katie saw both of the movies at the same time when in the she same was, night yeah Ooh. when she was having like a slumber party when she was in i was like 12 elementary school <laughs> that's and great yeah so she's always had that like the the connection between the two like they've always been tied together in yeah. my brain and i hadn't watched hedwig until i think i was a freshman in no i think a sophomore in college and i had walked into the living room and i came in at the gummy bear scene oh one of the best bits yes right? but i was so confused because i didn't get any of the setup i didn't get <laughs> tear me down i didn't get any of hedwig's like backstory any really. of her childhood like relationship with her dad i didn't get any of that ah, it's all so I didn't... incredibly important <laughs> yes. i have never heard origin of love yeah, you had you had missed Origin of Love. Oh my God. I know, but so I'm I'm watching. I walk through the living room and I'm like, what what movie is this? <laughs> and they're like, just sit down, you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I sat down and they do that close up shot on Luther's mouth. Oh, when... I used that as the still for the episode. Yes, <laughs> we talked about that. yes. 
It is a gorgeous piece of cinema. It's so intimate. It just, it, it, it means so much in that moment because I don't think Hedwig speaks English. So he's watching the words falling out of Luther's mouth like he mm. is already so enamored with him. It's also the thing of like when you're in love with someone, you can't help but look at their mouth and like stare at their mouth and think that about their mouth. That is a thing, isn't it? Rather than eyes. I yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just so intimate. And then it also made me think of Rocky Horror. Like I walked in, I was like, lips. The <laughs> oh, with the mouth at the start. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, I got sucked in. And then the bathhouse line with the gummy bears fogging up <laughs> the inside of the the plastic, the plastic yeah. bag. Yeah. Like the windows of a Polish bathhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's... Uh, and then I, I, I couldn't, I, and then I had to watch it immediately. I think Again. I watched it like the next day probably <laughs> yes. because I had to see the whole thing and know what the whole story was because I also like got introduced to Hedwig as adult Hansel. Yes. And I uh. didn't know if it was just a story about an adult in drag. Well, and you then would probably I got... assume that if you hadn't seen that beginning section the whole yeah, beginning yeah, yeah. uh-huh but then it i got slapped in the face with angry inch <laughs> <laughs> that and was must like, have come as a oh, surprise it's a musical oh we're in a musical <laughs> i didn't realize this is oh I, I guess i guess sugar daddy happens before that yeah sugar daddy and then angry inch the good thing about it though is that like it's a musical yeah but people who aren't familiar with musicals as like a form can mm-hmm. really enjoy it because of the way the songs are presented. Like, there's yes. only one that isn't presented as, like, a gig. Yes. They're always a show. They're performing. Um, other than Wig in a Box. That's the only one where you're like, oh. But that's it kind of in Hedvig's um, mind. So Ugh. even then, like, I think... But Wig in a Box is just... I feel I've always felt like it was my favorite song just it's because mine. it does come out of nowhere <laughs> and it's like oh here it is because you, you expect it to come all of the numbers to come during a show mm-hmm. because they've all come during a show before yeah and then all of a sudden you just hear the music start and you're like huh, huh. you're like panning <laughs> over her in her living room and she's emotionally distressed and yeah oh, oh it's, so it's relatable good. yes <laughs> totally well, why is, you just said that it's your favorite song? Yeah, if if I'm forced to choose, like this, because <laughs> they're all great. They're all they are. Everyone. It's impossible to pick just one. Mm. I think that one though. I think I like it because it's it sounds on the surface like it's the most fun song. You mm-hmm. know, like oh, putting on the wig, I'm becoming this cool new character that I've created. Hedwig. There's yeah, literally a, a sing-along section. Ugh. Yeah, but <laughs> it's actually. It is uplifting, but it's it's quite dark and depressing as well when you think about yeah yeah the place Hedvig's in at the start of the song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they yes. they they have no hope. They're living in this trailer. They've been abandoned. They're working uh, at midnight in a store. It makes me so sad because it's also that if she had waited five more minutes, mm. you know, especially in the course of the movie, it happened so fast that she gets plopped. In Kansas, in Junction City. She literally falls from the sky. (laughs) Literally, yeah. We just see like a postcard sequence of like an update 
and here she is, and Luther's already leaving her. And... I love that bit because not only is Hedvig feeling like, oh, I've, I've been thrown into this new place, but we, the viewer, the audience, uh-huh. are the same. Like, oh, oh, whoa, whoa, yes. we're here now. What the? <laughs> yes. yes, yes. And then you get the segment of the Berlin Wall coming down, mm-hmm. and it is literally just oh, Hedwig. If you'd waited, if you'd just bit like, if you'd just asked even Luther to wait six more months. Yeah, it's one of those you things know? that's quite difficult as well because through what they go through Mm -hmm. uh, they do discover themselves and complete themselves so would they have done that without this experience we don't know we don't know maybe this had to happen in a weird way Hedwig's more about like gender identity whereas Mm -hmm. I always think Rocky Horror is more about like liberation and gender expression and sexual yeah freedom and things like that it's it's connected but not quite the same yes because expression and identity are different they're like cousins Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) well you say liberation and i think both i think hedwig finds a lot of liberation throughout Mm. her story and from an early on she's liberated through music Yes. Which we're trying to kind of, I think Frankenfurter and the Transylvanians are similarly very affected by music. Yes. Ah, um, is this the time warp? Right. Because the t- yeah. I have a few questions about the movie in general, and that's one of them, is <laughs> the time warps always kind of confused me. Like, it's okay. a great sequence, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, what? why are they doing it? <laughs> is that why? Well, what do you what do you think? What do you think they're doing it for? I I think it is just because I assume they the the other party guests are other aliens, right? Yes, yes, yes. That's what I've always thought, but it's never very very <laughs> clear in the film. So I assume no. they're other aliens, and this is just what they do. It's what they've discovered on Earth. Maybe they don't have music. So they're like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is great. I wish we had this at home. <laughs> So we've actually come up with like a weird uh, sort of theory surrounding surrounding the fact that you just brought up, which is maybe they don't have music. We've come up with maybe they don't have music there and they've found Eddie's music. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh. Frank has sent home records or whatever of Eddie's music, which is why they've kept Eddie in the first place and why there's that big giant room full of posters of Eddie and stuff. Uh-huh. And why they know the lyrics to Hot Patootie, mm-hmm. and they're singing along to words. That makes words more that... sense, yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's us really strapping on our <laughs> conspiracy hats, you know? You've got to. That's the nature of this podcast, right? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, but we also think that maybe the time warp is how the Transylvanians travel to and from Earth. It must be and... something like that as well, right? Because, I mean, think of the lyrics. Right. Yeah. And the name, the Time Warp. Right. Yes. So they're traveling, and they mentioned space and time a couple of times throughout. So mm-hmm. it must be more than just this is a film dance. Like mm-hmm. they're incorporating mm-hmm. it into their methods somehow. Yeah. It's, or that's they're... what I like about the movie. It's really vague. <laughs> yes. Or it's Riff and Magenta laying out their plan in front uh... of Brad and Janet. Like we're gonna, we're gonna dose you with some kind of drug that's going to make you hallucinate and lose all sorts of self 
Yeah, and perception of time and space. Yeah, and when you're spaced out on sensation, like you're under sedation, we're going to hatch the rest of our plan and we're going to take over this ship. Ah, there you go, maybe. Because that yeah. was another question I had. I've, I've written a couple down. Yes. <laughs> we love I, questions. Please, I, yes. Because I've always been confused as well. Like, does Frank have, like, magic hypnotic powers? Because people seem to fall under his <laughs> spell like he's Dracula. Because like, he doesn't really do much persuading. No, it's... So we've just... The last episode, we just discussed the bedroom scenes with Brad and Janet. Yeah, like there, for instance. It doesn't take him long to win people over. <laughs> yeah, no. And especially, he's just murdered Eddie in front of them. Oh, yeah. That comes just before, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, the scene before, he murders a man in front of Brad and Janet. And, then... and gleefully does so at that point. Like, you see his, like, he is hungry yeah. to kill Eddie. Yeah. And they don't even mention him again. They completely forget about him. And it's like, oh, that was a fun little intermi- intermission from the convention. Yeah. I'm glad we got an Elvis impersonator this year. <laughs> <laughs> just, just here's meatloaf for a little bit there you go yeah. Yeah. we've Keep come to the conclusion that possibly transylvanians all of them can shapeshift so uh, the way yep. that frank has kind of seduced them so quickly is because he really did shapeshift into their significant other and then was like oh look it's really me <laughs> <laughs> but then they go along with it yeah mm-hmm. that's super weird. bizarre it's, it is weird because they, I think, would have gotten just as easily seduced if Frank was not a shapeshifter and had just gone into the room as himself. Or if he'd walked up to Brad and Janet and was like, do you guys all want to fool around together? We're all going to share a bed. <laughs> well, Come that's into an the interesting point that I never thought about till I watched it again yesterday for this, was the way he visits them separately. Mm-hmm. It's not like, I want to be your third Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like in a in a thruple yes he's not going for that which um my partner who I was watching it with said to me oh i think it's because he always seems to want to be the center of attention mm. it's all about frank and yeah. i quite liked that view i was like oh yeah that's a yeah. good point because now all yeah. their love is on him and no one else yes well <laughs> that's so interesting you say that because katie and i discussing hedwig like that's uh, totally a character trait of hedwig's as well is yeah. like all eyes on me. I've got to be the star of this show. I can't let anybody have another career. <laughs> yes. No, no. Uh, well, I mean, that's evident in the first song in Hedvig as well, because, you know, yes. it hits a high note. Like, she unplugs uh, the mic. Unplugs the mic. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you can't upstage me. <laughs> Screw you. And then, you know, like... that doesn't relent till the end of the film, where she finally, like, releases yes, your tackle. Yes. When they could have been an iconic duo from the jump, they could have Sonny and shared it. Oh. <laughs> you know, Yitzhak and Hedwig have complimentary voices. Yes. That are both yep. beautiful in their own regard. Like John Cameron Mitchell has, I mean, I would say an incredible voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. I was listening to his new release just earlier today. He just brought out a new, uh, mm-hmm. I hesitate to say album. It's like eight tracks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's called American Dream or something, I think. It's on Spotify. Yes. Or you can buy it on Bandcamp. Yeah, and he had like a crazy uh graphic video attached to it. Have you watched it? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh. He's just been living his spiritual journey his in divination Springs. Life. <laughs> I know, yeah. He's, he lives such a weird life, doesn't he? It's crazy. <laughs> I need. I, I want to try and get in touch with it. Edit this bit out. I want to try and get in touch with him about the show because I know he's listened to it. Oh my yeah. gosh. I know he's pretty active on. on Instagram. I know, but I feel weird. So I, I, I've waited till the last episode, which is now the next one. Like, you oh, have no, now to. I have to contact him. <laughs> you have to. Just send a DM. Nothing nothing negative could come out of it. Yeah, I literally know, at this point, you're like, here is this thing that I've been working on and I hope you love it. And um uh can you also maybe come talk on it <laughs> maybe since too. I'm finishing it up? Or okay. you know, because you were saying you wanted to figure out how to continue the podcast, you should just continue interviewing people about well, that's what I'm planning to do with the guy who does the music, Stephen Trask, who's uh, <gasps> who schism in the film. He <gasps> he is uh, he wants to come on, but he was oh too busy gosh. at the moment. Oh, so it's yeah. like, oh, I'll get back to you, you know. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Okay, okay, okay. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> okay. So I went to uh, the like regional theater in Los Angeles in uh, on Ho- in Hollywood is Pantages. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and when Hedwig came through with Darren Chris and Lena Hall, I had to see it three times <laughs> because I just, I saw it the first time in, I think the balcony. And then I was like, closer, closer, closer. Yeah. I need yeah. to see it. I thought I'd be able to just experience it, but it was something that I needed to like, ah, oh, be in. Yeah. You're involved the... in Hedwig. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And on the last night that I went, I went and stood by the stage door just to see <laughs> what could happen. And uh, Stephen Trask walked out. Hey. And I completely fangirled to an extent that I didn't know. Like, it makes me nervous <laughs> if I ever talk to, like, you know, Susan Sarandon, if I'm just going to, like, Janet faint on the floor. Because... <laughs> I like looked at Stephen Trask and I was like, uh, uh, St- Stephen? <laughs> and he turned around because like nobody, he wasn't in the show. He was just like, I guess he just went to see it that night. But he's or maybe Stephen he... Trask. Yeah. And he turned around and I asked him for an autograph on my playbill. Aww. And I just looked at him and I was like, I want you to know how much th- 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 this means Aww. to me. And I just started just like crying out of... Aww overwhelmed emotions and he just pats me on the shoulder and like nods at me very consolingly oh, <laughs> like that's, that's a reaction he gets all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah Hedwig fans are pretty intense let's be honest oh you? my gosh yes I would have been the same as one you word I would say to describe myself <laughs> yes <laughs> I would have been exactly the same don't worry like I can I can handle talking to people on a podcast but when I meet them in real life I just oh. collapse oh, oh yeah Yes. <laughs> like, I was Drop so nervous floor. when I met the drag queen, Shangela. Oh. Um, I couldn't take the photo. <laughs> so she took my phone and was like, I'll, I'll do it for you. It's fine. Oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> She's the nicest ever. Yeah, e- yeah. Ever. I was surprised. I, not in a nasty way, but you thought, like, you know, she, I didn't expect her to be possibly one of the nicest people I've ever met. She <laughs> just has, like, a, a big personality, and you think, like, Oh, maybe that'll come off a certain way, but 
Yeah. I've never heard anything negative about Shangela. No, she, I saw her one time at a festival, just she was like randomly a guest on like oh. the food stage. And she was so hilarious to a crowd of people who <laughs> have never seen Drag Race and have no idea who she is and are, they see like Shangela on the billing and are like, Oh, that must be a new band. <laughs> oh, that's a hard, that's hard gig, that. Like, to people yeah. who don't know Drag Race. Holy crap. Yeah, but she was, oh my gosh. She just knows how to communicate with people in, like, such a She loves what she does. way. She, like, is put on this earth to perform yes. in front of people because she's, like, on fire on stage, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, Love Can't say her. enough good things about her. Great, great Seriously. show. <laughs> you know, if you're ever Shangela... allowed to go to shows again, people go see her. <laughs> Please, yes. Shangela would make a great Hedwig. That would be interesting, actually. Yeah. She Ooh. would also make a great Frankenfurter. Yes. I mean, the only. I mean, I know Hedwig has been played, of course, by Jinx Monsoon, <gasps> and by who else has played? Uh, Ginger Minge has done. Oh. It. Oh, I've had Mimi so I'm much. first on the podcast twice because they've done <laughs> yes we saw your episode or we listened to your episode with Mimi and we were like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they were one of the first people to message me oh. when I put the posts up they were like they sent me a DM going can I be on the show you have had so many great guests though on your show you've had Laganja you've had Davina DeCampo. Yeah, they were lovely as well. I mean, that, that sounds bad. Like, other guests weren't. No, everyone's <laughs> no, been lovely. But all yeah. of your guests have been wonderful. But, like, you've had a lot of Drag Race representation. Mm. Uh, Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> well, it's incredible. It's great because, like, you know, it, it when we're looking at episodes and we're like, oh, that's a, that's a really fun episode. I'd really love to hear what Laganja thinks about Hedwig or what... Davina thinks about Hedwig and oh my gosh I just I have so many questions too about oh I just have so many questions <laughs> so I don't even know where to start because it's also like I just want to talk to you about Hedwig all day long too I know and we're like can we also be a Hedwig podcast or no dang it we already did <laughs> we already committed hey, well, to this Rocky Horror thing. <laughs> I, can, I can get you on, you know, uh, at a later. I can't get you on for the finale, but the no, specials no. I have coming up, you know. No, no, no. Like, like we we're we're saying like, I we can't even. I would never even consider doing another like Hedwig podcast mm. because I think you've had such a great analysis of yes. it and. Oh. Your guests have had such interesting perspectives on, um, like, okay, the tomatoes <gasps> are a through line. They're, that's a, a theme. Yeah, um, that one was a real eye-opener where we're trying to figure out what that is all about. Yes. Yeah, because it's not just, it's something that his mother is peeling mm -hmm. at the start of it. There's three of them, specifically. And then it's not just something that's visually... Reference to it's something that he jokes about. Yep. They they threw tomatoes at me and I had a nice salad after the show. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> classic. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, but uh, you also had uh, felony dodger. Yes. Yes. Quite recently. And I think that's who uh, 
had the theory that they're like hearts. That was it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that was a revelation to me. I was like, oh my god! Like I genuinely <laughs> had never considered this. No, me neither. Because it's okay. Because then at the end, if he's smashing two hearts and combining two hearts into and, one, yeah, and then has a self-reflective moment and emerges as one mm-hmm. is interesting. Oh, <laughs> and that kind of goes with the tattoo becoming yes, one. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. I have, I, I have that, that tattoo. tattoo. I have both. <gasps> John! <laughs> Wait, which I've... one? Do you have the two faces or the whole face? I've got both. Because oh my gosh, I have the two oh. half faces. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yes. It's too perfect not to get. I only got it yes. like um, a year and a half ago, maybe. Maybe two years ago. Oh, no, a year and a half. Yeah. And um, it's my only tattoo. I, it was my only one. It's my first tattoo. I got oh, both of them one. at the same time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't decide. Because I was like, okay, the iconic one is the incomplete one. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what's that saying about me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I'm in a long-term relationship. We've been together for 15 years. You know, Aww. this is what's it saying about me? So I was like, no, I need both of them. So I got one on the <laughs> other side as well. <laughs> That's so nice, I love though. That. Then I ended what up getting you... a David Bowie tattoo. So. Yes. Oh, nice. Wait, which one? It's um, it's the Black Star. Mm. It's uh, from the album, you know, it's like in segments. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. I've got that all across my arm. I love that. Have you listened to, um, they did a David Bowie musical, Lazarus. <gasps> right. I've heard some of it, but I was holding out on listening to it properly because I thought, they might perform it again. Uh-huh. Yes. It doesn't seem uh-huh. to I've also back been holding out on the whole thing. But I'm, it's Michael C. Hall. I'm a huge, yep. huge David Bowie fan. And um, I first found it right after he passed. And I started oh. to listen to it and then started just sobbing. And so oh. I was like, wait, I can't listen to this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I need more time. <laughs> oh, See, I was looking forward to it because I, I pre-ordered Blackstar on Mm -hmm. vinyl i was waiting for it to arrive you know and that was coming out soon i was like oh this is going to be awesome there's just so much bowie and he's going to tour black star isn't he of course he's going to tour it so black star arrived on like uh, i can't remember exactly it was like the friday or something Mm -hmm. or saturday and then the monday morning i woke up oh david bowie has died oh Oh. god damn it (laughs) i was devastated Um, i think he knew though he, I think he did. Like some people say, well, no, because he had all these other plans for other songs. He didn't. Do. I don't care. I think you know he's a musician, he he's an artist. He would have kept working. Yeah. But despite he... that, he knew that he knew he didn't have long. Yes. That's the most perfect sign-off ever, Blackstar. It was so good. And I, I, I do need to see Lazarus because, well, Michael C. Hall, former head. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I love Dexter as well. I absolutely love. I him. know. <laughs> have you seen any of the boot? bootleg footage of michael c hall performing hedwig yes some of it some of it um i don't mind bootlegs because there's no way i'm ever gonna see him (laughs) no doing it now you know i'm so thankful to these theater patrons who risk getting thrown (laughs) out of these shows that they spend you know sometimes six hundred dollars to go see oh i'm very poor so i very much appreciate bootleggers (laughs) well it's art like get i can't believe so, like, Hamilton being filmed and then allowed to be streamed on Disney+, Plus, like, that's what every single production of every single 
like Broadway's show should be because yes. if it gets to that level it should be we have the internet now it should be accessible to everybody well and especially right now during the pandemic none of these people can perform in the same capacity that they've been able to so it would give yeah. them a chance for people to watch their art mm-hmm. i'm like please do it with every show please yeah but then also in the point you brought up like when are we ever going to get michael c hall in hedwig again or when are we ever going to get like uh anthony rap oh. as hedwig i need to contact I him wish... as well because we're talking oh about rent gosh. on the patreon <laughs> oh he is oh I, uh, I'll start crying if I if we start talking about Anthony Rapp. Because I love him so much. I, I've been I rewatching Star Trek Discovery, right? Even though I wasn't that keen on it first time, just because he's in it. <laughs> he makes it worth it. <laughs> he does. I actually have come around on it now, but he was the draw for me. I was like, right, I'm going to put it back on again, just because Anthony Rapp's in it, mm-hmm. and I love mm-hmm. him so much. Yeah. But getting to see them perform Hedwig, it's just like. Uh, they're incredible performers Mm -hmm. and Hedwig has so much up for interpretation that like watching Michael C. Hall I was so surprised to see such like a sensitive and kind of like ultra feminine Hedwig that I hadn't Mm. seen in any of the other Hedwigs like there's always kind of a, a grungy punk like undertone like rough like Hedwig's kind of like rough and tough yeah but like Michael C. Hall played it as like very sweet and it endeared me so much to him right off the bat when you know I'm endeared to Hedwig 10 seconds in anyway (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if he chose that approach because physically he's quite a Mm -hmm. masculine man yes so he's like I want to like mitigate that a little bit and meet somewhere in the middle. So uh-huh. I'm going to play the character less yeah. masculine. Energy, that totally you know? makes sense. And it's mm. so good. Hell uh. yeah. Ugh. And actually, it's interesting you say that you're endeared to Hedwig straight away because something I thought was similar with Hedwig and Rocky Horror is the kind of complicated nature of the two most popular characters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because Hedwig, mm-hmm. of course, is kind of the hero of the piece but also isn't a very good person she's an anti-hero yeah 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 and frank's kind of the same i know he's technically not the main character but let's be honest he still yes he show. is <laughs> yeah we've we've just kind of made it a very like big point of our show to remind people that frank is the villain frank is yeah. the bad guy of this movie i and think that's Im- the trick isn't it he draws yeah. you in with his persona and stuff but at the end of the day what he's doing isn't good (laughs) no no but with both he and hedwig they're such you know crazy larger than life personalities that the average viewer looks at and is like i'm never gonna identify with this character (laughs) and then they're also written so even if you like me are endeared to hedwig you're like, no, don't like this person. They're terrible to the people yeah. around them. They're abusive. They're manipulative. They have tempers. They are self-destructive to an nth degree, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but their story, like being able to relate to them at the end of it, it's such an easy thing to attach your heart to either of the characters. Yeah, 
they're just definitely well especially oh. at the very end not to jump at, obviously i won't say too much about uh, later <laughs> scenes but you no, know, don't dream it be it yes yeah. oh my i've gosh, seen yeah. so many people with that tattooed on them whereas yes. some stuff earlier in the film would make you think like i don't want to identify with this person <laughs> and not because they are you know uh, i was gonna say a transsexual you don't really know what they are. they're an alien yeah they're yeah, an alien from another so galaxy like, they probably haven't got gender right you know. yeah um, right so if they're a shapeshifter their anatomy doesn't matter anyway exactly. <laughs> i always got the vibe that yeah that they weren't men and women aliens they yes. just come to earth and chose forms they liked yes i love that yeah, yes. i just thought frank was just like oh this is cool i'm going with this <laughs> mm, i love that well at and... the end of i think you get endeared to these characters i was gonna say because you see the humanity in their their like light and their ability to empathize like you empathize with them but then frank is not a human so (laughs) it's we haven't we haven't thought about it long enough uh for that section yet because we're we're only halfway through yeah we don't want to we don't want (laughs) to like we don't want it to go too fast frank might not be a human but he's the most human character yes more Ah. than brad and janet who are like a little bit I too mean, perfect. They're fun, but they're two-dimensional caricatures yeah. of like sort of '50s Americana, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. And Frank, I I love him, but I find him so complicated, like Hedvig, because he's liberated and free, and mm-hmm. he offers that to everyone. But he's also a bit. Can I say this? Like rapey? Yes, <laughs> like, please. It's weird, isn't it? Like this film has depth. Which doesn't, uh, like, when you first put it on, you think, oh, this is going to be camp fun. Whereas Hedwig's a bit more serious. Right. But there's more. Because right off the bat, you're getting Hedwig's, like, childhood trauma and early childhood abuse by his father. Yeah. Whereas a lot of this seems like, at first, you're like, oh, this is just, like, fun songs and being silly. But the more you dig down, actually, there is depth there. Like, it's about Uh sexuality, gender expression. Uh-huh. consent frank yes <laughs> it's more than yes. it appears on the surface yes yes we just talked about this because brad and janet are lured under false pretenses and then are kind of gaslit into coerced yeah. into consent which yeah there are lines in the stage show that get omitted in the film where uh. Uh, when Frank is Janet and pursuing Brad in his bedroom, Frank, as Janet, says, no, Brad, we should wait until we're married. Yeah, (laughs) we should wait until after the wedding. And then Brad says, I understand, and then stops. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they leave that in? We get one second of consent, and then you delete it from the film? Oh, Mm -hmm. maybe it was to make Frank more villainous. (sighs) Yes. Yeah. No, for a really long time, I think people thought Riff Raff was the villain. Yeah, yeah, because he takes over at the end. Like, but you can also understand his point of view. End. I think, like, he wants to rein Frank in. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This this guy's gone too far. He's crazy. Yes. You've got to yes. stop him. And I kind of empathise with that. Maybe Riffraff goes too far himself the other way. Because you know? I've always thought as well, maybe the aliens, maybe on their planet, they don't have like sex. Maybe okay. they. Okay. procreate other ways and that's what they like they've just dis- like frank's discovered that on earth I'm like this is amazing <laughs> i really love that because 
we've gone in the clear opposite direction. Which is that <laughs> sex is not like a taboo thing for them. Like, Well, that's the other is... thing I've thought yeah. as well, yeah. Right. So it's, it, I think it's, it's like one or the to other. a place where I think their sex organs are no longer used for procreation and that they're... Like oh, making test tube babies in Transylvania, probably to or their or their civilization is sterile, and they purely have sex for pleasure, and um, that's why they're they're coming to Earth is because humans are a still f- fertile species. Oh, I like that. Maybe if that child is fertile, then we can continue Transylvanian lineage and bloodlines i don't know oh that would be a cool story i would like that definitely they need to write another movie (laughs) well so that's actually part of um a story that we found in the weird fantasy comic that is featured in the denton affair so there's like briefly a cover of a comic book shown in the criminologist's book in the denton affair yeah and we were like, hmm, wonder what's in that comic book. Looked it up and found a story about a civilization that is sterile and that is hoping their children are fertile again. And that that'll be the answer for their civilization is that they'll be able to procreate. Aha, there you go. That's a very kind of um, like a post-war attitude. Maybe they're, the, the parents of the people in the movie like Richard O'Brien and stuff maybe thought a similar kind of mm, way like oh, I don't know the whole world screwed up but these kids will fix it all <laughs> very interesting yeah because hmm. Richard O'Brien was probably well him along with let me think like Julian Clary who's a British comedian okay and Eddie Izzard mm. they're probably uh-huh. the I first three people I saw with like this sort of vague confusing gender expression Sure. Yeah, but overall, Richard O'Brien he's a, he's a legend. I know yes. I know he's been a bit problematic lately, and yeah, um, but you know, at the end of the day, he's an old person with old-fashioned views. I exactly. know he's progressive for the time. Yes, but he's not going to be progressive now. So you know, overall, he's done so much. Like there wouldn't be a Hedwig without this. No, yes, no. I was going to ask you what you thought about that because. They definitely feel spiritually similar. And Mm. I mean, Rocky Horror has had an influence on America's conscious and subconscious. (laughs) Um, Oh, here too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. John Cameron had to have been a huge fan growing up. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, one of his most pop- favorite ones was Rent, but of course he liked Rocky uh. Horror as well. That's a that's a big influence, and it is what I like is you can see the through line from this to something like Hedwig, but it's not it's not the same thing regurgitated. No, yeah, it's, it's totally very different. Different, but there's a there's a strong thread running through. Yeah, because this, you know, it did so much for queer representation and whatnot, mm-hmm. even if Frank is an arsehole. Um, and as i said you know a lot of people the first time they saw a man dressed this way yes you know like tim curry does Mm. uh, it it would have been it would have been this film and it was like what what why is he dressed like that what's going you can't dress like that (laughs) yeah i mean but this movie it's so light-hearted and almost comical that it makes it easier to digest 
mm-hmm. a man in drag, you know, essentially. Like, it, it kind of comes off more as like, oh, that's a funny thing. I guess I'm okay with it in this instance. Right. That's what's good. It's subversive because it seems that way. But the message is sort of hidden under that. Exactly. Right. Mm, and I love that because it... I don't know if it's the same over there, but here, like, this is so popular. And I I don't understand why it's so popular with people who it shouldn't be popular with in a way. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, I, uh, under- a lot I understand of people, what you mean. A lot of people I know watch this with their parents. Uh, uh-huh. And, like, you know, you, your bank manager will go to Rocky Horror with stockings <laughs> on. And it's like, that's cool. <laughs> But it's so strange because they're so straight in the rest of their lives. Yeah, this is their one little outlet. Yeah, it's interesting. I was going to say as well, like, because you 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 said to me when you sent me the message about coming on, like, oh, we want to talk to you about like similarities and things. I had yeah. another one I haven't brought up, which is um, like they're kind of similar in this way. They ultimately discover at the end like a kind of non-binary identity mm-hmm, and are mm-hmm. openly bisexual. Yes, mm-hmm. like H- Hedvig does does these two things because mm-hmm. you know they say I must find my other half, but is it mm-hmm. a he or a she? Hedvig's open, like okay, whatever. I just whoever the other half is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. into it, whatever. And I thought that was kind of similar because Frank these days would probably be considered and described as like a gender fluid pansexual kind of yeah, yeah. Because yeah. totally. they're, they're not being a woman; they're not trans. No, no. No, he wears those boxer briefs with pride. <laughs> Tim Curry's like, I got a bulge and you're going to see it. <laughs> yeah, people have told me, like, uh, going to drag shows, oh, you should go to Frankenfurt. I'm like, oh, it's quite revealing. Oh, <laughs> my gosh, yeah. I would feel vulnerable. <laughs> Honestly, for some reason, it does feel more revealing than tucking and wearing panties does. It does. It's more you know visual. You what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, like because when yeah. you're talking, it's kind of like Barbie doll. Yeah, yeah, and you don't get to see the the what the equipment that you're working with. Yeah, <laughs> whereas Frank, it's like warp. I love that though. I'm curious what the fandom's kind of like out in UK because the <laughs> stage show must still be huge. Yeah, no, it's it is it's enormous. Everyone goes like. For instance, boring people I work with even went to it recently. Wow. Um, you know, people who would have absolutely no concept of anything it's talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Rocky Horror, yeah, that's fun, isn't it? We'll go to that. You know, <laughs> everybody goes for it. It's insane. Like, they, they don't f- get, like, that I'm non-binary. They, they're not mean, but they don't understand it. Right. But they'll go see Rocky Horror. <laughs> Very <laughs> it's interesting. It's planting the seed of these things in their brain. <laughs> is it the is it like a live stage show is it the like yeah, a shadow yeah, yeah. cast in front of a movie screen like what is the typical experience out there hmm. it's a bit of both like usually it seems like the main show will just be it's, it's performed as a play sure but i would say more common that you see because it's easier to do is like we're gonna play the movie and we're gonna act out some of it as well while it's on because ah. I, I saw that with Hedvig, actually. Um, there's a local drag show that's on regularly called Eat Me and Preach. Mm. And wow. uh, they showed yeah. Hedvig. And they, did, uh, they didn't act everything out, but they would come out and do some of the songs in between. That uh-huh. was quite fun. That's I was going to interview some of them while I was there, but um, I got too nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should talk to them still, because that's, yeah. 
That's so great. One and it's of... really rare um, that people shadow cast yes. Hedwig. We have some friends up in LA that do, well, they're Sins of the Flesh, uh, right. which is a Rocky Horror shadow cast, but mm. they go by the name Rainbow Carnage and they do oh. Hedwig once a year. <laughs> oh my God, that's the best name ever. And it is like, no offense to the rest of the year that's Rocky Horror, but that night is the best show it's of the night. my favorite show of the year. Because... I, and I'm so sad that we couldn't do it this year uh-huh. because that's oh. like my yearly thing. It's I have to go see Hedwig. And oh. it's just, they have props. They do, um, they do the whole thing. They'll shadow cast all of the dialogue scenes, all of Hedwig's monologues. There's and... like a couple of the scenes where it's like those really quick cuts where like the montage scenes that they'll skip. But they do Makes almost sense. the majority yeah. of the entire movie. Oh, that's amazing. That's it's so, so cool. Good. But I'm they're jealous. both perfect movies to Shadowcast because they're it's not just the main character, and it's not even just that there's a main character and like a side vehicle character. Like mm. it's all the, of the ensemble yeah. is so relatable fun to watch. and and intriguing and hilarious yes. and like it's not just Hedwig and Yitzhak it's also Schlocko and I please tell Phyllis me Phyllis and Phyllis <laughs> there's a lot of strange names let's be honest I know I sometimes I look Skizip. at them and I'm like yeah Skizip Skizip's the best let's be honest everybody <laughs> in the world thought Skizip was sexy we love Skizip, okay? Well, at least I do. I love all of them because they're all, uh, oh my gosh, their faces are just, I can't stop thinking about the drummer doing the the half of a butunch. Oh. <laughs> like, that's so funny. And the bra and a dryer, it'll warp with the hands on his face, like, in warp. distress. Like, those the characters are so wonderful. So one more similarity that we've found, and we actually just like had like this light bulb go off this morning, mm. is the parallel between Yitzhak and Riff Raff. Oh, the way they're both like um, the, kind of, the sort of put down, abused one. Yes. yes. The the sidekick, the assistant, the. There's a master and a handyman, you know? Mm. There's the lead singer and the backup singer. And Hedwig doesn't let Yitzhak touch her wigs, really. Like, it's... She can't perform. She restricts his ability to be free as a performer. And when Yitzhak comes to Hedwig with heartfelt intention of, like... I don't think Yitzhak goes to, when they're in New York and Hedwig rips the passport, I don't think Yitzhak's even asking for a divorce. I think Yitzhak's genuinely exhausted from touring and having to relive Hedwig's trauma every night. And it's just kind of an outburst of like, I want divorce. And it's like, okay, but he doesn't really mean that. No, he wants a break. They're tired. They're tired. They're both They've been through so so much Tired. And that poor pizza delivery guy who has to sit through that whole part. Oh, I loved, I loved talking about him. <laughs> and on the on the recent episode, actually, which which isn't even out yet, uh, we talk about how yeah, at the very end of the film, mm-hmm. it's not clear. Like, oh, 
yeah, uh, Hedvig is is releasing Yitzhak, so to speak. Yes. But are are they broken up? Are they separated? It doesn't say. Like it doesn't maybe say. It's they very go open. forward together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to think there's hope for them because they do, they do seem to have something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think Yitzhak genuinely cares for Hedwig, and that's why he tries to connect with Hedwig, and be intimate mm. at multiple points. And it's hard to be intimate with a person who keeps pulling out the ghosts and and the the trauma in the closet it's hard to be present with anybody that's like that and i think yitzhak would stay with hedwig and i think they could sunny and share it they could travel together and well okay i have another question i have i have questions i had i have written so many questions down for you (laughs) oh go ahead go ahead do you think tommy and hedwig are the same person (laughs) <laughs> right, this comes up a lot. Um, I do not. Okay. I think Tommy is a sort of physical embodiment of maybe the person that young Hansel wanted to be. Mm. They've turned Tommy Speck into the the creation they always envisaged for themselves. Mm. Uh, and also in a bit, you could see it in a bit of a David Lynch way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like uh, Lost Highway. Yeah. The way uh, in Lost Highway, the character's in jail and their head explodes. And uh, yeah. you then go to another character. But it's meant to be like this is them living out their fantasy in their head. This is maybe the person they want to be, the person they could have been, that's mm. been physically uh, created by this wish. It's not necessarily literal. Okay, but this that's person so represents who they want to be yes because it's even it's hedwig showing that like even if you do create your own dream other half like that's still not going to complete you that's still not going to resolve whatever you're searching for and whatever you're trying to resolve in yourself like It's not fixing the things that you wish you could have fixed for your younger self yeah. and setting your younger self up for a better self. It's loving yourself as you are, mm-hmm. yep. where you're at. Oh my gosh, I have never thought of it this way. John. <laughs> F- yeah? You've, you've given me so much insight for it because... Oh, I no, had a message from someone playing Hedvig saying that to me as well. That was- <laughs> yes. Well, I so another question because the sense the musical has been revived has a different ending mm-hmm. from the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I guess it's kind of similar because you have uh, Hedwig walking down the alley, yeah, walking away. But with the stage show, you have Hedwig literally handing the mic over to Yitzhak mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. continuing on Hedwig's like legacy, almost. Yeah. And then... Hedwig leaving the stage and mm-hmm. like walking off the stage and then doesn't even he- end the song. It's Yitzhak that ends yep. Midnight Radio. I like that because um, I don't I don't see it as too much of a change. Mm-hmm. I just think it's nice for Yitzhak to have that moment because um, th- maybe they just don't want the uh, 
the actor to be crowd surfing or something. <laughs> <laughs> crowd surfing is awkward at the best of times. Like, well, and also, why not put Lena Hall in the spotlight? Because she <laughs> is. Mwah. Oh, oh yeah, God, she's wow. amazing. I mean, who else could play both parts? Seriously. It's crazy. Yes. It's insane. How does she do it? She's ugh, she's incredible. Well, that just tells you how deeply she studied Yitzhak because yeah. it informed her so well when she performed Hedwig. Mm-hmm. She was incredible. And you've got to keep Yitzhak in, in your mind when you're Hedwig. Like, that's yes. a, they're a duo. Whether they want to be or not, they're a duo. <laughs> they mm-hmm. go together. Whether you but like yeah, it or not. I guess not. maybe they just changed the end to A, give Yitzhak the little bit of spotlight because... Obviously, in the movie, it's great, you know, getting carried off. But maybe on stage, that doesn't translate as mm. well. And, and again, you don't want them crowd surfing. It's weird. <laughs> uh, it's in a theater as well. It's like Broadway. You sat down. It's not like you're in a punk club. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've been that person supporting the crowd surfer, and it's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. <laughs> Last year, I had to bloody hold up Adore Delano. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And you're, you're trying not to, like grab their ass <laughs> it happens though inevitably Think, you things can't happen help it. yeah you know like, and there's a difference be between creep. like a supporting hand on the butt and then like a <laughs> gripping hand on the butt there's a big this difference is the thing, this is the thing that goes through your mind when you're someone with anxiety problems like me so you're holding me like oh no no hang on uh oh, oh <laughs> i don't want to be a weirdo no uh. as someone who has crowd surfed you can tell the difference between a squeeze and a hold <laughs> Oh, God. Well, imagine that on Broadway. They don't want to be bringing that kind of thing to the Broadway no, stage. It's no, classic. No, it's all like, you know, old New York money sitting in the seats. They, they're they yeah. like, I'm not going to stand for this. I don't want to touch I don't want to hold anybody. What? I just want to sit and watch the play. That's what I came for. <laughs> That's why I do like, although Broadway does obviously neuter it a little bit, I mean, it is bringing it to a new audience, which at the end yes. of the day is the most important. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Um, if you look on YouTube, Neil Patrick Harris at the Tony Awards, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, when he's doing um, Sugar, Daddy. Sugar, Sugar Daddy. Daddy. Yeah, so yeah. good. But I love the way he goes into the audience and he does sort of screw with them a little bit. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, a little bit by Tony Awards standards. You know, not it's not too over the top, but that, that audience are like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Yeah, but honestly, if anybody could get away with it, it would be Neil Patrick Harris. Like, yeah. he's so yeah. beloved that, like, I feel like I feel like he would be the only person that could get away with it at the Tonys. You know what I mean? Definitely, and he's he's been such a big supporter of the show. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize this till I had you know guests on from the show and who've performed Hedwig. Wow! But they've all told me like, oh yeah, like he's a really big reason why it came back. Like he wanted to do it specifically. He's like, I mm-hmm. want to do Hedvig, mm-hmm. and I'm rich and famous, so it's going on Broadway. God damn it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's Fine. the dream to be able to be able to finance your own yeah. like, productions and like, yeah, this is what I want to do next. Great. Oh, it so is amazing. Cool. It always... I'd love someone to do that with Rocky Horror. Like oh, um, me too. Because obviously Richard O'Brien is very very old now. Um, I don't not only that, but he but... doesn't get royalties from all the screenings because uh, 20th Century Fox has all of the <sighs> ownership over Rocky Horror. Oh, that probably seemed like a good deal when he signed it at yeah. the time. Well, it's frustrating now, 45 years later, because you have a bunch of uh, cast and crew who are either still uh, part of the like cult fandom and love it, and then other people that are like, we got gypped. And I get it. It's a shame, but I get it. I'd, I'd probably feel the same way. You'd be f- oh, 
so furious because there's so much money there. Surely that would like set you up for life. It is the fact that we charge admission for it is nuts to me <laughs> because it's something that like we could be performing in front of a bonfire. Um, and It'd be better there. <laughs> Like Hedvig. Hedvig should be in like a dirty punk yes. slash drag queer bar. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. It should be in a little, it should be performed in a hole in the wall, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, obviously, again, it on Broadway, I get it. Brings it to the masses, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't prefer to see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to feel intimate because the subject matter is just so, um, I mean, intense, but also deeply personal and it forces the viewer to relive their own experiences and mm. i think that's probably why the people who loved rocky horror in the 70s still love it now is because it was uh <laughs> identifying something for them that they were not comfortable identifying for themselves, themselves. Yeah. yeah exactly not only is it their introduction to this kind of thing but it's their only experience of it so it's like mm -hmm. oh i'm safe here mm -hmm. to enjoy this and and i can leave it here but don't dream it be it <laughs> you know? exactly listen to frank people don't dream it be it <laughs> so we always call ourselves the resident criminologists and we were just wondering would that make you the resident phyllis <gasps> I will be. Perfect. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dubbed. Why not? <laughs> Dubbed. Because she's the one who's filming all of the gigs. She's the one getting everybody to clap along or at least <laughs> try and get she's them trying. to. She's <laughs> trying. <laughs> this None is a good one, remember? <laughs> I like the idea that maybe Phyllis was a big shot like 15 years ago. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's just... You know, she's got nothing happening now, so she's fallen into this. She's like, well, I'm going to make this work. I used to be someone. Because she says she has contacts, you know. Yeah, we're talking various, to Phil Collins' like, people. Aren't exactly. we and all, I don't though? think that's necessarily a lie. <laughs> I think she's been in contact with them. Maybe yeah. they've not uh, wanted to speak to her, but she's called them because she's known them in the past. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we see her calling people all the time trying to book gigs yeah. for Hedwig. Yeah. She works yeah. very, very hard. For Hedwig. That's why we it's such a shame Phyllis. when she leaves for a little while and she's like really offended by what Hedwig's done. It's like, oh no. Well, that's <laughs> the straw that breaks her back. And I think that speaks to that scene and mm. how oh, Yitzhak is just heartbroken when yeah. that passport gets destroyed because they like joke about it. I think you may have also just talked about this recently in one of your shows where they joke about <laughs> Hedwig having the passports right here. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she does have them right there, and she uses them and manipulates them constantly by... Yeah, it's not a joke. It turns out it's actually, yeah. And she doesn't Hedwig even, does like, you know passport. what this means, right? She just pulls it out and just... Dangles it. Just yeah. shows it. Like, you know what this means. You know what dominance I have over you right now. Which makes me think that this conversation has maybe in some way happened before. Like Hedvig right. has had an argument, said I'm going to rip up your passport because right. she just gets that out and waves it. Yeah. It's uh -huh. like you, you know precisely what I'm going to do, right? Well, and I think that's why <laughs> Phyllis leaves is because it's like, okay, you've crossed the line this yeah. time. I'm done. I'm really done. You've always threatened this before and you've been abusive before, but now you've actually done it. So you I'm done. A, a very 
you don't need my help anymore. You've made a decision that uh, I can't help you with on this one, so... Mm. You know? Which I suppose... I, I would like a scene like that in Rocky Horror, because ultimately, it's got the same outcome. Ultimately, yeah. Riff Raff is like, that's it! Mm -hmm. I'm taking over, we're going home, screw mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. I would like one extra little scene, maybe, of Riff Raff, like, like fully snapping, like, this is it. Because it, I think uh, the first time you watch with... it, it seems like a shift. I think we get that with Columbia. Ah, yeah, good point. She's the only one who calls Frank out the entire movie. And mm, I think that makes Magenta hop more on board with the plan. Because I think, I think it might be Riff's plan all along. And then yeah. it's when Columbia is like, you just chew people up and spit them out again. And you take, 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 take. And Magenta's like, oh, you know what? You're right. We have been here like six months longer than we were supposed we to were scheduled to be on Earth. Like, when are we going to go back home? Yeah, I don't think Frank's ever planning to go. No, I agree. No. I think the only reason that they come to the conclusion of, you mean they're going to take us to outer space? Is because all of the plans have gone wrong. And Frank's like, well, I'm totally screwed. Here's my only option is yeah. to go back. Eject button. We're going back to, we're just taking everything and I'll yeah, tie up yeah. the loose ends on the route. So w what we want, basically, is uh, a reimagined version where they do go into space. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> we well, need to meet the queen. I'm... No, please don't reboot it, anyone, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious if shock treatment is Brad and Janet in Transsexual, in Transylvania. Oh. And that it's a soundstage... That's Dentonville, USA, and it's believable oh, like enough. to keep them happy. Yeah. Like, this is like your home. Right. Yeah. We're continuing uh, the yeah. experiment, and if we bring enough people, if we bring Ralph and Betty and Janet's parents, that's enough people for them to not realize that everybody else is also a Transylvanian, and that's why they all know all the lyrics, and that's why they all <laughs> dance and sing along. Sing along. Oh my god, that's amazing. I love it. Now I like shock treatment. What the <laughs> by the way, you can only watch it by, I think, purchasing the DVD on Amazon. So it's not streaming anywhere. Uh, I, I, I have I'm going to buy it. DVD. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bought it for my partner about six years ago. Ugh, when they decision. were like, oh, I just really want to watch this. I was like, hey, mm -hmm. here you go then. And we sat down to watch it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we only watched it the once <laughs> well now you guys need to watch it again oh definitely with your definitely. Transylvanian lens on right oh, and actually speaking of going home I just want to say before we, we do go or anything the song I'm going home uh -huh. and superheroes right mm -hmm. yes they're my two favorite songs of the whole thing <gasps> okay I was going to ask you what your favorite favorite songs are I, I also want to know who your favorite character is is it too basic to say Frank like, no. I like problematic characters. I don't want just like, this is a hero. This is a bad person. Uh -huh. Frank's interesting. Uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. But if I'm going to pick another one, let me leave Frank out. They're, they're excluded. <laughs> if Frank is the obvious favorite of everyone's, mm -hmm. who would be your other favorite? I love Riff Raff. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I think Richard O'Brien has such an interesting delivery, both on dialogue and uh, vocals, like on the singing. Because mm -hmm. his delivery is like, Yes, master. <laughs> that was an very excellent. Interesting. 
Oh my god! But gosh. then when he sings, he can be like, impression. ah, rah, rah, you know, like screaming. <laughs> that was such a like good so... riff. I think that's the best riff I've like ever heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I am English. <laughs> so, Maybe know. that's the prerequisite. Is you have to be English. <laughs> no, I think you're doing it particularly good. <laughs> No, my favorite delivery, though, is also uh, Frank, like Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. The way he says some of these lines, like the one I said earlier, vulnerable. Uh-huh. Like, what? Who says it that way? What the hell's wrong with you? It's great. <laughs> well, yes. he cycled through quite a few different accents before he landed on the one that he chose. <laughs> he was like doing a German mm-hmm. accent. He was doing an American <laughs> accent. And then he like heard a woman that sounded like the queen on the train. And he was like, that's it. Frank's going to sound like the queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like a posh English person, but done by an American. Yeah. It's so Ooh. weird. Which makes sense. He's an alien. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> yes. It's so strange. Like, um, the best is when he rhymes somehow sensual with the word pencil. pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else could make that rhyme. <laughs> Sensual as a pencil. What? <laughs> that is it's so true. He's incomparable. Wonder, is that in the script to do it that way? Like in the <laughs> stage directions? Or has Richard O'Brien just gone, you're a god, please do what you want? Well, Richard O'Brien has a very um, riffraffian feeling on, I guess, Frankenfurter. The character, mm-hmm. I think that bleeds a little bit into reality. Re- yeah, reality a little bit. He feels like Frank gets all the good numbers. Frank gets all yeah. the attention. He's considered the sexiest, so charming, well, so alluring. And then Riff Raff is just inarticulate and ugly and has a hump. And well, that's literally the plot. He wrote that. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like he's surprised by it. But he said that's also like kind of how he feels about himself like he he kind of sees a lot of himself in riffraff because originally he had yeah. written the show and wanted to play eddie <laughs> oh okay Let's yeah cool one. it wasn't until jim Sharman was casting the film that he was like no are you kidding me you're you're riffraff you've got to be riffraff that's oh no that's insane. a great decision he's the perfect riffraff. yes yes no one else um, could do it and i think how... it's interesting that he didn't give himself the lead part despite it being his play his mm-hmm. production his movie he was clearly like no 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 uh-huh. i can't do that that's not right another parallel we kind of found is that hedwig and frank are both looking for paradise ah, and yes. tommy quote tommy is also searching for paradise which is probably what in what attracts hedwig to tommy yeah is like Early on, we see Hedwig has an interest in uh, Christianity, loosely, because she's watching the Jesus is Good (laughs) show. And to meet someone who is, like, representing all the pillars of when she was a boy watching this television show, like, oh, that's, that is what a, a man is that's what a person stands for that's what a person believes ah, in yeah absolute power corrupts and well, then she meets interesting Tommy. though because the because the other men haven't been like that at all to her so far yeah yes 
Yes, she needs someone who is equally as like philosophical and pondering about the universe. You yeah. know, she she loves that Tommy talks a big game about like what is paradise? What is what are people here for? What is Hedwig, will you give me the apple? Yeah. Uh-huh. I find that interesting actually cuz uh I don't think Hedwig is they're not a Christian. No. They're not religious in a conventional sense. They no, just she loves his appreciate work. someone who thinks about these things. Yes, exactly. They're very interested in, in just kind of religion and beliefs in general. Yeah, yeah. Existence and philosophy and mm -hmm. where are we from? Where are we going? If you're thinking about these things, Hedwig's interested. Yes. Ugh. Do you think they find paradise? Hmm. I think at the end of Hedwig, they are well on the way. They're on the right path. They haven't found it at the end, mm -hmm. but uh, they are now going in the right direction. There is no such thing as paradise, mm. literally. Um, but the closest you can get, I think Hedwig is now they're going in the right direction. Yeah. They, they have sort of fix some flaws with themselves for themselves not for anyone else sure. they've accepted themselves they've uh, improved they're a new person but they haven't abandoned their past either that's what's interesting some some people think it's a bit anti-trans because some people view it as like oh at the end Hedvig's uh, changed to a man again it's like that's not how I read no, it at all that's not no, how I, I read it at all, all. No. to me it's more like well, now, now they are free. Now they are open. Now they right. can do what they like. Now, now they are essentially not a non-binary character. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I will dress as Hedvig. Sometimes I might not. You know, I, I am yeah. me. I am uh, free to the possibilities of the world mm -hmm, that right. are now before me. Earlier, you'd mentioned that superheroes and I'm going home were your favorite songs from Rocky Horror. Yes. And then I totally made you turn in a different direction and talk about Frankenfurter. Um, <laughs> so get, why are those your favorite songs? To me, they're just the most uh, moving and emotional and relatable. Mm -hmm. I think there's stuff in there. Well, you've got Don't Dream It, Be It, for instance, mm -hmm. is, is quoted. Mm -hmm. um, I think we can all connect to the things going on here. Like Frank sort of realizes the error of their ways a little bit. Like, oh, God, I've screwed up here. Uh I just wanted to have fun. I just wanted to enjoy myself and be free. And it's all sort of backfired. And it's it's relatable. It's sad. Mm -hmm. it's, you really come around to Frank there. You're like, oh, they didn't deserve this. <laughs> I know they might be a jerk and a villain, but come on. <laughs> Does he deserve to die? No. No? Reformation. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't deserve to die. Like, he's gone too far, but it's... It's through enjoying, I think, what we have here to offer on Earth. Even though he's killed Eddie, do you think he's... But maybe maybe where they're from, that's not considered like a bad thing. You know, I'm not saying it's mm -hmm. fine, but mm -hmm. the way humans experiment mm -hmm. on animals... I'm a vegetarian, so I'm very against that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for many years, people didn't see that as a bad thing. Like, that's, well, that's just what you do, you know. Sure. They didn't think that we're being evil. And some people still don't. Yeah. Right. No, it is. Okay. Aliens probably see humans. Oh, there's just like some creatures that live here on this earth. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, they're just another species. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I don't oh, think he deserves really to die. I love that I'm going home is your favorite. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It feels beautiful. those last two. It's, oh. <laughs> I'm going home and Midnight Radio hit the same nerve for me. Like they're both yes. like very they're like sister tracks in my brain. Yeah. They're very yeah. similar, and I mean that in a good way, not in a like, oh, Hedwig ripped off Rocky Horror. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no, it's both like, <laughs> it's very liberating. It, it's very... It feels the same in my, like, in my heart. Like, they feel, they bring out those same emotions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly the same. And they both sound like David Bowie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm excited Always to talk about I'm going home, too. <laughs> Man. And I'm looking forward to hearing that. I'll be, I'll be listening in. I'm very excited. <laughs> Well, I have an ultimate question that I wanted to ask you after we've mm. we've kind of thought about it on a little bit. Okay. What do you think Rocky Horror means? It is kind of inviting the other, the queer, into your world a little bit. It's kind of naughty. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to be watching this movie. Mm. You're not supposed to be enjoying this play. But here you are, it's thrust upon you, mm-hmm. and you will enjoy it. <laughs> but it's kind of, it's a bit, it's almost like a dominatrix, I suppose. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's taking control and giving you something you uh, maybe didn't know you wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that. It's freeing to people, um, both to straight people and queer people yeah. in different ways, maybe. Straight people find a new outlet. Um, and I don't necessarily mean like like uh, their sexuality. I just mean mm-hmm. like straight laced kind yeah. of a thing, you know. Yeah. And then people who more identify with like queer culture and things will will see themselves maybe reflected a little bit in being f- uh, free and open with gender expression, gender identity, dress, sexuality, uh, sexual freedom mm-hmm. as well. Which okay, again, Frank isn't a good person, but. They're equal opportunities. They're like, oh, well, you know, who, who wants to go? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it represents all of these kind of these kind of things. Um, it's interesting, though, again, that the people representing this are seen as the villains, but is that maybe society's view of the queer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, society sees you as the villain, right. so we are playing the villain. Sure. I definitely think that's part of it because... I think that's why Frank does so many awful things and why Hedwig does so many awful things. And you're still like, no, there's emotion and reason behind people's actions. And it's hard to read a person's mind sometimes (laughs) and see what they've lived through. Yep. And yeah, I think it was totally meant to show people who were villainizing gay people in 1975. Like, even if, you watched someone murder a guy and then seduce two people against their will. <laughs> like, you can still see that... The humanity behind them. But again, he's an alien, so I can't... <laughs> it's it's hard to make that argument for Frank. <laughs> but again, the most human character, I think. Yeah. Yes. Like, the alien, the other aliens aren't, and Brad and Janet aren't very human. They're like robots. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they cannot talk to each other. They're not programmed for it. <laughs> very strange um so in a weird way they kind of fit in yeah <laughs> they're so unusual that's such a good point yeah <laughs> john maybe that's why it works hmm. this has been the most 
incredible time and I truly could talk to you for I know days about <laughs> Hedwig and Rocky Horror. Well, I'll gladly come back and I can have you both on my show. Oh time. my we gosh. Love, we would love to. But please tell me where we can find you and listen to your podcast, where your social media is. Yeah, plug all your plugs, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> if you want to listen to Hedvig Inch by Angry Inch, uh, you can go to... I have multiple web addresses uh, because I am a narcissist. <laughs> so you can go to hedvigpodcast.com. Uh, you can go to hedvig.lgbt. Nice. Or you can go to hedvig.gay. Yes. <laughs> so I own the .gay. As soon as that came out, I was like, I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. I need that. And, um, you know, we're on Facebook. Uh, we have a group, Hedvig's Wicked Little Town, things like that. You can listen, all your podcatchers, Spotify, iTunes, all of that nonsense. And uh, if you want to hear me talk about Batman yes. uh, to an insane degree, <laughs> uh, that show is called Bat Minute, and that's at um, thebatminute.com. That's it. You need the the. Sure. Mm. Someone else bought the other one. Oh, rude. Um, <laughs> they tried to sell us it, and I was like, you're all right. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Not bothered. Uh, so thebatminute.com, and that is, same again, all your podcatchers, or you can go to Facebook. It has the Bat Minute Listener's Cave, which Ooh. is very, very, very active. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Mostly so with fun. me just posting memes. Well, thank you so much. This, uh, I just, I, uh, 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 I just, it's <laughs> so much fun. Thank you. We've had such a it's wonderful been a pleasure. time. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It was, uh, it was very moving to be asked. Thanks so much to John for talking with us, and thanks to you for tuning in to this special presentation. And don't forget, on Wednesdays, we watch Rocky. Bye. Bye. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us out, and we appreciate all your feedback. We'll see you next time.